Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirman Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Yad Shalom. We're now in Masachet Shabbat. Daf Tzadi Ralph, about to begin our study of the 11th parak of Masachet Shabbat, which deals almost exclusively with issues related to caring, and specifically throwing in Rashut HaRabim, or from Rashut HaRabim, Rashut HaRabim, etc. Hazorik Rashut HaRabim, Rashut HaRabim, Rashut HaRabim, if you throw from one to the other, Chayav. Okay, that's the basis. Now, you throw it from one house to another house, let's say, through Rishut Rabin, Potrin. And it's something we already discussed at the beginning of the Masachet, where Rabbi Kiva would say, Yechayav. Ketzad, what's the example? Which means that you have two balconies that are on the same side of Rishut Rabin, parallel to each other off a building. Whether you hand something or throw something from one to the other, patur. But I used to hand biduta achat if they're on one level. So the first model may be across the street from each other, and here they are parallel to each other. Hamoshit chayav vazorek patur, according to Chachamim. This is modeled after what the Levim would do. Shte agalot zu achar zu the two wagons, and each wagon was a Rishut Ha'achid, were in Rishut Ha'abim. They were lined up one after the other. They would hand boards from one to the other, but they would not throw them. And therefore, that's the model for the Chiyuv of Moshit. It has to be lengthwise with Rishut Ha'abim. Okay. So this is an essential question that belongs to the first parak. Since Zrika is, is, is a subset of Hotzah, where is the Isser of Hotzah? At the beginning of Parsha Vayakel, it says that Moshe put out an announcement, or the beginning of Vayakel, and they put out a an announcement in the Machane. Now Moshe, Echan Haviyati, where was Moshe, Machane Leviyah? He was in the Levi camp. Machane Leviyah, Rashut Rabim Havai was. The common of the Israel, the Tafikah, the Tatum, Rashut Yachid, the Tchu, Rashut Rabim. Don't bring things from your private tents to my area. That's what he was telling them. Might have a Shabbat guy. Who says it was Shabbat? The Machoka, maybe that happened during the week. They had brought everything. He said, don't bring anything more. Which is a simple read of the text. The answer is Kidichtiv Amlachai Tadayam. The answer is Gamar Ha'avara Ha'avara Miyomakipurim. It says Vayaviru Koba Machane. We have a Gzera Shavat with Yovel. Tiv Achaviru Koba Machane. Tivatam Vavarta Shofar Trua. Malalan biyom isur, just like that happens on a day of isur yom kippur. Avkan biyom isur here it must have been on Shabbat, and he was telling them don't carry anything. So that tells us you can't bring it out from Rishut Echid into Rishut Abim. Who says you can't do the opposite? The answer is sorry, it makes sense. Since you're going from one Rishut to another, Mali Afuki Mali Ayuli. What's the difference if I go out or go in? Now, Mio Hotza Av Tolda. So we're saying that Hotza is the Av. is in the list in, in Paragzain Mishtabat. And Achnasa is the Tolda. Since you're chayiv for either one, am I karla ayav? Am I karla haytolda? This is an essential question about melachot. Why is one called an av? One called a tolda? The answer is nafkaminadi avich te avot bahriyadadi namish te toldot bahriyadadi mechayiv tarte. So the impact is that if you do two separate avot or two separate toladot, meaning a tolda of zorea and a tolda of borer, 
then you chayiv twice. The avid av atolda diday, but it's important to note what note what atolda is of which av, because if you do an av and it's tolda, the mechayiv alachad, you only chayiv once. So you have to know what the nomenclature is. But Rabbi disagrees and says, Yechayev, even if you uh, plant and then you water the plant, which are both Zorea, but they're different acts, so Yechayev twice. So what's the point of calling one an Av and one a Tolda? The answer, and this clearly goes back to some of the discussion in Parag Zion, of how we clarify things, how we uh, categorize things. The answer is, That which was a significant act of the Mishkan, which means it has no consequential impact. It's simply an issue of sourcing. If it wasn't significant in the Mishkan, lo kari la'av. Inami, the other possibility is Now this will only work for Motsi. This will not work for other Malachot, none of which are written except for Eish. Uh, and that is that the one that's written is called an Av, which is Vayavir Kob Machanem. To loktiva kari told the one that is inferred via svara, which is taking it um, in, is a tolda. Okay, we have a mishnah coming up later on in our parak. If you throw something for amot in the air, and it lands on a wall, if it lands higher than ten tzvachim, because like it's like throwing it in the air, which means you're patur, it's makom patur. If it lands lower than ten, then it's like throwing it on the ground. And if you throw it on the ground, on the arbamot lands on the ground, then you're chayav. So that's the Mishnah. Who says you chayav for throwing things for amot and reshut arabim? This is building off the previous sugya that said we have to source it in the Mishkan. He says that when the people would weave the curtains over the top of the Mishkan, they would throw their needles to each other, and they were in a public area. Why would weavers throw needles? The ones who would stitch them would throw their needles. Maybe they sat next to each other, not four months away. So matu hadadi v'machtin. If so, then they would hurt each other, right? Then we talk arba v'yatu. Maybe they were within four amot of each other, not right next to each other. Alam rav chista shekin orgei riot zorkin buchiar biriat. They would throw their stick that they were using to weave it. Falo ogdor biado, but it's tied on to them. Menis chabatras, the last stitch when they let go, then they would throw it. Hamakom p'tor kazla, but it's going in the air, which is to over ten tefachim. So that doesn't work. They would send it to people who wanted to borrow them. The same possibility. Maybe they sat next to each other. So and they would hurt each other. Maybe they would lean it down. But wait, who? Since when did you borrow from things used for the Mishkan? Everybody had their own malacha. Everybody did their own malachah. Nobody borrowed from anybody else. For two, that's still not going to answer everything. How do you know that caring for amot is an isur? Now you're talking about throwing. We're not caring. The answer to all of this is it is halacha the most sinai that carrying something arba amot rishut abim whether it's carrying or throwing is asur and chayav. Mikoshesh. Now let's go back to Sefer Bamidbar, where we find a fellow collecting wood in the desert, and he gets killed as a Mechalel Shabbat. But we don't know who he is. We also don't know what he did. 
So Shmuel says, He was carrying things in Rishut Rabim. That's why he was Mechalal Shabbat. Manita Tana, Tolei Shabbat. Abraita says that he was uprooting the wood from the ground. He, the wood was already uprooted and he didn't carry it, but he piled it. He made an imur. So Lamai Nafkimina, who cares what he did? The answer is Lechidurav. We saw this again back in the first paragraph. So he found a, a hidden document in his uncle's house, or Bichia's house, and it said that Isi ben Yehuda, the old Tana said, We know that number. And you're only chayiv once. Achat for too low, only once. We've been seen this so many times. Why does the Mishnah in Parakzayin Mishnah Bet list enumerate and then list? To tell me how, tell me how many things you be chayiv for. So you can't say you chayiv one for all thirty-nine. So don't read what said in Megillat Starim was not you're only chayiv once, but there's one you're not chayiv for. So Rav Yehuda pshita leidam avir chayiv. So Rav Yehuda, who said that the makoshesh carried, he said that you're certainly chayiv for it. He got killed. Manir pshita leitolish chayiv. And to the brayta, it's obvious the tolish is one of the thirty-eight for which you're chayiv. Ham Yaakov pshita leidam amir chayiv. He holds ma'amir is chayiv. Marsav hamiyat lo masafka. Marsav hamiyat lo masafka. Meaning each one of them interpreted makoshesh as fitting in with one of the ones that they knew was not a safek. About which one you're not chayiv for, we don't know which is the mysterious malacha for which you're not chayiv, but it can't be the one the makoshes were killed for. Okay, and now as I mentioned, we don't know who he is. So Tanaran makoshes that slavchad. So benot slavchad come along and say our father died in the midbar, and they found the makoshes in the midbar. identifies using a gzera shara. You identify slavchad as the makoshes. He said, either way, Akiva, you're going to pay for what you did. If you're right, the Torah kept his uh, identity anonymous, and you discovered it, and told everybody about it. And if not, then you have an innocent man that you are besmirching. But Rabbi Kiva had the Gzera Shava. The answer is Gzera Shava. So we didn't have that Gzera Shava. Right? So who, who was Tzavchad? Why did he die? So he holds it was Mivyapilu from the Mapilim who insisted on trying to attack Eretz Yisrael after the Gzera Tamaraglim of 40 years. Okay? It's a parallel kind of story. After Miriam became a Mitzorat, Hashem got angry at them and left. Them being Moshe and Aaron, Miriam and Aaron. Malamet Shaf Aaron it's Tareh. The Rabbi Kiva Kiva says that teaches that Rabbi that Aaron also had Sarat. Bam. I remember the Torah. Kiva in Kachven Kachatat to the Tadin. Either way, you're going to pay for it. You said Im Kidvarecha. If you're right, the Torah Kisat Tovei Tamagalelto. If you're right, then the Torah covered up Aaron's Sarat, and you're revealing it. Malatamotzilaz al Tot Sadik. And if not, then you're saying terrible things about Aaron at Kohen. Relative bomb, it says God was angry at them. Yeah, he was angry at both of them, but they didn't both have tzarat. So time you command them off Aaron instead of we have a bright to support him Akiva. Aaron El Miriam, Aaron turned to Miriam, Vinimitsarat, and behold she was Mitzarat. So Tana Shapanamitsarato, that he turned, meaning he turned away from his own Sarat to notice her. And we have one last comment about this issue. 
אמר ריש לקיש, חושב בקשרים לוקה בגופו. If somebody has suspects wrongdoing on the part of people who are upright citizens, he himself suffers. What did Moshe say at the snare when God said, Go tell B'nai Israel to leave? He said, They won't believe me. God knew that they were believing people. They are believers, son of believers, children of believers. In the end, you're going to be the one without faith. When Moshe came to them, they believed. Why? They're children of Avram, the man of faith. You and Aaron did not have faith in me. It really mean did not engender faith in me. Uh, and uh, and therefore, me my delaka. How do we know the second half of Shlokish statement, which which is loka begufo? Tichtiv ayuad lo od havena chabechikacha. That the second oath at Har Sinai for Moshe was tzarat. Rabbi Tamer, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Chanina, midat tova meher lavom midat puranut. Parenthetic thing about the tzarat that Moshe experienced at the snap is that uh, God's granting good things happens quicker than his punishment. He took his hand out, and then it was tzarat. But when it came to healing, he took it out, and it had already gone back to the proper thing, already been healed like his regular skin. While it was still inside, under his arm, it had already returned. All right, and one last piece about this. This is when um, Moshe came before Paro, and Paro had his wizards come, and they threw their sticks down and became snakes, and Aaron's snake swallowed them up. It was a nace inside of a nace, meaning the fact that the sticks became snakes was a nace, and the fact that their snake, his snake swallowed their sta- snakes was yet another nace. Okay, let's go back to our Mishnah. So, boy, Rabbah, and this is something we discussed way back in the first parak. Um, there's the disagreement about going from Is that only if it travels under ten tefachim, which is through Rishut Arbim itself? That Rabbi Kiva says that when something is in the airspace, it's as if it's at rest. Don't buy it. But if it goes above ten, the kudvera korpator, you're certainly pator. We do not apply moshit, which definitely was above ten, handing things over to zorek. Oh, Dilma, the other possibility is the malamiyasar pligi. The machloket is above ten. That's the question. Do we infer zorek moshit? But if it's below ten, the Chachamim agree that under ten you're Chayav, because they agree with the principle of Kluta. But there's another possibility, the Machloket could be in both. Rav Chista had the same question. Rav Nuna answered it to him from here. There's a bright uh, parallel to our Mishnah that uses the extra word, that means it's below ten. Should I mean itself? Uvimai, what is it he's doing in this brighta? If he's carrying it, 
If you carry something above ten, we had that whole development in the last parak about the uh, the size of Levin. It must be that you're throwing it. Under ten. That's why it said atzma. Shmamina. So it sounds like the machloket is about the principle of kluta, and everybody would agree that above ten you're patur. Upliga durabi el azar. That Rabbi Lazar ben Pedat said mechayev hayar bikiva filu mal measar bikiva would even say you chayav you threw it above ten. The brightest that atzma ludecha kochan the rabbanan, which means the machloket is across the board. The rabbanan say you're patur even if it's under ten. Rabbi Kiva says you chayav even if it's over ten. So this limits the machloket to a seven tefach, slightly less than seven tefach span. If it's under three, everybody agrees your chayab because it's lavrut, it's like on the ground. If it's above ten, everybody agrees patur. Between three tefachim and ten tefachim, that's where the machloket is. So we have three different possibilities. Possibility one, that three is not a barrier at all, and the only question is under ten or over ten. And the Rabbi Kiva and Chachamim have the disagreement under ten. And over ten they agree, you're patur. Possibility two is that the disagreement is all across the board. Rabbi Kiva says you're always chayab, and Rabbi Kiva and say you're always patur. And the third possibility is to limit the machloka to the seventh fachim between three and ten. Tanya Miyachi, a bright that supports us, but also Shadi Vekochayav, the Malmaswari Vashmishvut, meaning it's Asur de Rabbanan, Vim Hayur Shiot Shalom. By the way, if you own both Rashute Yachids, or properly Rashiot Yachid, meaning it's like you have two houses on, on two sides of the street, and you threw it over ten to get from one to the other, Mutar, you're allowed to do that. So Shavi Arasavi Kimokhaim Machahim Botrim, and the Machloket is between three and ten. Okay, Amar Mari, Mutar. We said in that last bright uh, that if you own both of them, it's Mutar. It sounds like it's opposed to Rav. To Mar, we have this in, in Eruvin. Let's say you have two houses on two opposite sides of Rishut Rabim. You're not allowed to throw from one to the other. You're allowed to, which sounds like our bright but in that discussion, we said that Rav only forbade it because one of them was higher than the other. Because you may not make it all the way across, it'll fall in the middle and you'll have to go carry it. But if they're really even and easy to throw, then even he would say it's mutar. Because you're throwing it above ten, and you own both Rushiyot Hayachid. He said, So one of them said to the other, What's the source for this idea that anything within three tfachim of the ground is like the ground? Or better yet, anything that's within three tfachim of another thing is considered connected. Because Rishut Abim is not a fat, flat plain. It's got rocks, it's got bumps. So three tfachim is sort of wiggle room. So why stop at 29 we say the same thing about the walls of a sukkah. If you have walls coming down, as long as they get within three tfachim, then it's kasher. 
And there it can't be because of being close to Rashut Rabim. So because above three is a mechitza that little goats could get under, and once it's within three, they can't. So But that doesn't solve levud that happens elsewhere, like if you have walls of a sukkah that go up and get within three tvachim of the schach, or if you have pieces of schach that are within three tvachim of each other and they're considered connected. Ella, the answer is called Pachot Mishloshak Lavudami Hilchata Gemirila. The answer is it's Halacha Lamoshvi Sinai that any two things that are within three Tvachim of each other are considered connected. Okay, I'll pause at this point. We're going to pick it up with further analysis of our Mishnah in the next podcast. We should have a wonderful day.